Welcome back to the end of season final recap podcast, SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Holt Smash and Jordan Brooks Brooks are in the house. How y'all fellas doing? Doing good, Alex. What about you? Doing pretty good, dude. Word on the street is that you might be in Sunny Destin at this point. Uh, that would be correct. Chilling in a, a new house, and it's really nice. Is it sunny, sunny? No, it's a little overcast and rain today. There's a nice little uh, rain on my drive back. JB, what's what's Memphis looking like these days? Memphis is really cloudy and rainy today. It is not pretty weather. We had a nice little bro weekend this weekend, I think. We, we could have had more quality bro time, but um, we did get some quality bro time in on this great Thanksgiving weekend of college football and NFL football. Out of the three of us, who do you think was the biggest fat ass for Thanksgiving and other meals? I think it was me. I mean, I ate so much food this past weekend. I think I gained like maybe two or three pounds. You told me eight pounds at one point. Yes, I did. I My body weight was eight pounds heavier that evening on Thursday night than it was that morning when I woke up. Was that post like fit fourth meal or dinner? After Thanksgiving, after it was post Thanksgiving and then post uh, fourth meal, which was some Huey's cheese fries. So yeah, I was about eight pounds heavier at the end of the day. Whole smash did this point. Whole smash. Did you actually get happy Mexican like you said you were going to? I did. I did go by myself though because my friends were lame. But that is cool. that is a little sad. I almost feel bad for that. Feel bad about that a little bit, just slightly. Um, but did you just tell me your girlfriend was in the bathroom coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, um, I think I think the best meal obviously was Central for me. That was the only big bro meal we had. Um, I spent fifty dollars, which was a shit time for two people, but it was still a lot of good food. Um, y'all spent thirty five dollars at I think Central. Any any regrets about Central? The order that y'all got at Central? Do you think you should have got more or less? No, I don't think so. I, I think it was just about right. I mean, we're pretty much pros at this thing by now. I've been I've been told we have to speed through this because JB has uh, JB things to do tonight. Is that correct, JB? That is correct. Let's not elaborate anymore. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go quick. Get this shit on the road. All right, so seven games. Let's go real quick. Just kidding. Um, let's let's go ahead. We could start with Egg Bowl because that was the game that y'all had some live reporting from. But the biggest game of the weekend has to be the seven overtime game with LSU and A and M. It looks like a basketball score. Honestly, seventy two to seventy four A and M. Um, I'm assuming y'all y'all watched the entire game uh, as did I. Um, did you think that the refs cheated LSU Holt? Uh, cheated? I wouldn't say. I definitely think that the referees were not the best. Um, there were like two or three different times in that game where it looked like LSU should have won the game. Um, to me, the worst call was the I can't. It was one of the first overtimes where. LSU kicked a field goal, and on the first play, uh, A&M throws the ball to Sternberger, who catches it and fumbles, recovered by LSU, and they called it an incomplete pass, and they didn't review it or anything. Um, it looked to me like it was pretty obvious that it was a catch and a fumble, but the refs didn't see it that way. They called it incomplete, and uh, A&M was able to tie the game and force a, another overtime. So interesting uh, interesting call, to say the least. Um 
you know, LSU definitely had their own chances to win the game, but the referees definitely didn't help them out. You know, this is this seems like the coming out party for Kendrick Rogers, the A and M receiver that caught a couple touchdown passes in overtime. That they just everybody knew they were throwing to him, but he only had three receptions total for, and two of them were touchdowns. So he didn't have as great of a night as it seemed like. It's just he made some very big catches in overtime. But um, it's kind of you know what makes me sad about this game is that I, I still think LSU's defense is really good, but this is gonna completely shit on LSU's uh, points per game average with them allowing 74 because of seven overtime. So I'm a little disappointed in that, but. Um, yeah, well, their, uh, their defensive line really slowed down in overtime. You could tell they were, those guys were just worn out. They couldn't get any pass rush on Mond whatsoever. And um, I think that's part of the reason why anyone was able to win. Jebby, tell me about the punch thrown in the A&M game, this game that you were uh, telling us about. Yeah, it appears uh, at the end of the game, there was like kind of a scuffle. I don't know what the scuffle is about or how it happened, but apparently a uh, one of the A and M uh, grad assistants with credentials on the sideline had uh, threw a punch at LSU's uh, offensive analyst Steve Cragthorpe, who also has Parkinson's disease. So uh, that's kind of seems like a low blow to me. Uh, you know, just throwing a punch at someone that has Parkinson's because you know he, he can't have a way to defend himself. So I don't really like that at all. And the the weird part about this is that the person that threw the punch is related to Jimbo Fisher. It's either his cousin or his nephew. I couldn't quite figure out which, which way it was, but this person's related to Jimbo Fisher. So that's even more bizarre. Also inside scoop JB, um, you were telling me that, which isn't a surprise, but you said the entire Florida state admin does not like Jimbo Fisher at all. Not just the ADs. What I've come to understand why he left uh, Florida state is that, he, he couldn't get on with the AD, but you were telling me from your inside, inside source, your friend of a friend, um, the entire staff did not like Jimbo Fisher, right? Or, yeah, just just word got around that uh, obviously he didn't get along with a lot of people at Florida State. He uh, didn't like the facilities there either. I mean, he just kind of pretty much had worn out his welcome. Obviously, they weren't going to fire him because of all the success he had after that last after last season, you know, even though they had a disappointing season, but he wanted out of there. And that's why he was looking for the right situation. And that's why he bolted for College Station. Um, what I was impressed with Holt, during this game is not the only the seven overtimes and the 70 points by each team, but uh, Joe Burrow actually had a decent game. Look, he looks like the quarterback that everybody expected him to be when he came. But what surprised me is not only his throwing. He had three touchdowns, uh, zero interceptions, 270 yards, um, pretty high completion, completion rate. But he had 100 yards rushing as well, which I did not expect. Three touchdowns with that. Um, were you finally impressed with Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, I thought that he kind of did what he's been doing all season as far as just being like a leader and being like kind of the heartbeat of that team. You know, he just plays really hard. Team really rallies around him. He's not the most talented guy in the world, um, but he's a tough guy. And, you know, just like I said, the whole team rallies around him and he's able to uh, kind of inspire the team and, you know, be a good leader. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's a great overall quarterback, um, I thought he played fine last night. I thought he played good, but I mean, he wasn't like amazing either. You know, I mean, it was just it was just one of those games that, you know, I mean, it was just a crazy game. It was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, you know, I, I was actually at the uh, last seven overtime game in the SEC back in uh, what was it like oh one or, or something it was like that two thousand two thousand three because there's was uh, highly uh, researched. Okay. 
There was our two yeah. Arkansas games. There was the Arkansas Ole Miss seven overtime game in two thousand. I think in two thousand two or three, there was the Arkansas Kentucky seven overtime game. Okay, yeah, I was at the Arkansas Ole Miss game way back when. Nice. So it was pretty cool to uh, to see that again. This also, it's kind of like a flashback to um, whenever LSU beat Kentucky once upon a time with a. Uh, what was the guy's name? Is it Rich Brooks? What was the court, uh, the coach's name for Kentucky JB? <clears throat> it was Guy Morris. Guy, uh, was Brooks a court? Brooks was a coach there, right? After Guy Morris. Okay, but it was uh, the Bluegrass was, Miracle. Yeah, Bluegrass Miracle. It was Jared Jared Lawrence was a quarterback there, right, for Kentucky? Yeah, that is or, correct. Okay, cool. So I at least know some things uh, in history here. But uh, yeah, it reminds me. It reminds me a lot of that game because they had the uh, premature. Gatorade bath uh, during that game, uh, LSU-Kentucky, but it was Kentucky who celebrated early and then LSU ended up winning. And this is very similar because they uh, dumped Garrett all over at Coach O and they thought, thought they won the game, but then they had the interception overturn and ended up going to seven overtimes, which seven overtimes, I was like, this, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to look at it. I don't know if it's like neither team wants to lose or neither team wants to win because it's like they had all these opportunities, I feel like, to – to win, but um, it was a good game. It wasn't a boring seven overtime game. I guess I put put it that way. There, it's not like there was just field goals or missed opportunities after missed opportunities, but um, it just seemed like it was going to go on forever and ever, which it did go on for a while. But um, pretty good game all around. Uh, probably the best game of the year, Holt. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, we were actually talking about this last night. I mean, a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of really good SEC games this year. You know, the Auburn LSU game was really good and. You know, the LSU Florida game was good. Now, man, a few other ones. So basically, LSU is the only team in the SEC playing good games this year. The rest of them have been kind of, you know, I mean, maybe not boring, but just not as exciting as, you know, you would hope for. You kind of, that's probably a great thing about college football, like the craziness. And there hasn't been a ton of that this year. But, you know, last night definitely made up for some of that. Kind of behind the times, but uh, what I found kind of funny here was uh, Leonard Fournette's brother plays for LSU, which I knew. Um, they had, he had a brother that was not as great as Leonard uh, that played for LSU, but I didn't know his name, name was Leonard. I was like, man, that's really creative for naming there, Leonard versus Leonard, but um, I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe I didn't find it funny, but I did. Um, also impressed in the, to- in the entire year, I'm impressed with Trigon Williams. He stepped up to play just like we called this year. I think he had uh, 1,500 yards for the year, not including the bowl game coming up, so 1,500 yards. Um, I'm assuming he'll be all SEC. That's uh, maybe a judgment call with Bay Snell, um, or at least be second team, if not first team all SEC. Yeah. Well, you can have two running backs on the first team, okay. and they would be the first two, I think. Yeah. Um, Kellen Mon actually I had a pretty good t- pretty good game, too. Um, 23 for 49, a high completion rate, but uh, 287 yards, six touchdowns, which is pretty, pretty impressive. And then um, only 42 yards rushing, but – um, pretty impressive six touchdowns. So I think that's pretty cool. Pretty good game all around. Um, I don't know if part of the reason the SEC, SEC games haven't been great this year is because Alabama's killing everybody and they're the best team or what. But um, it's good that this game actually turned out to be a really good game, which we expected. We expected it to be a pretty close game. Um, I don't know. We expected uh, seven overtimes, but it was, it was a good game. Um, other games in the SEC, not so close. Um, Egg Bowl, not close. Iron Bowl, not close. Um, South Carolina Clemson was actually pretty close for about two or, two or three quarters. I feel like um, I don't know how much y'all were watching this game versus the A and M LSU game, but that was pretty exciting for at least a half. Would you agree, JB? Yeah, I mean it was you know good enough. I mean it's 
I guess you kind of you know what you would expect for that game too. Um, yeah, and make sure you keep your answers short and sweet so you can do JB things tonight. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean it's it's kind of just what I expected. I mean, I think Holman's probably. Did you expect for Did you expect for Jake Bentley to throw for like 500 yards against Clemson's defense? Yeah, yeah, not that part. No, but I mean, I thought it was actually going to be close for a half. But I mean, I, yeah. that's the only part I wasn't expecting. But I mean, I, I thought it was going to be close for a half, and that definitely was close. I mean, it was only a, it was only a touchdown game at halftime. So I mean, you got to give it to Carolina. They came and competed. Yeah, and uh, their defense continues to struggle, though, and that's kind of the you know I mean Clemson's offense is really good, so you can kind of you know explain that away a little bit. But their defense has really not been playing well down the stretch. They've had so many injuries; they're so banged up. It's really tough to watch them play defense, but you got to give Jake Bentley a ton of credit and the you know the offensive coordinator as well. They just put together a great game plan and executed it really well. And this is actually the second time this year that you know a middle tier SEC quarterback has lit up Clemson secondary. Just kind of makes you wonder, you know, maybe having some second thoughts about Clemson being as great as Alabama. I mean, I don't really know. What are you guys saying? Uh, I still am very pro Clemson. I pick. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I'm uh, sticking with Clemson because I picked them at the beginning of the year to beat, uh, win the national championship. But um, I still think Clemson. The difference between them, them and Alabama is I feel like Alabama just doesn't compete, doesn't make, doesn't let teams play compete with them for that long. Uh, Alabama just beats them pretty much in the first or second quarter. Clemson um, has the talent to beat Alabama, so I, I always think Clemson can beat Alabama, give them a great game all the way through four quarters. But that's my two cents. I don't know what will actually happen. Um, I'm excited for a potential Alabama-Clemson rematch, but also would like to see something different as well. But um, we'll see what happens. Um, this game, though, yeah, it was – it was uh, closer than I had thought for at least a half. Well, yeah, I don't know uh, what else to say about that other than it was closer. What I, what I was going to say, though, is South Carolina is going to be probably 7-5 and five to finish out the year. They play Akron uh, next Saturday, a rescheduled game. I think I forgot what game they got canceled at the beginning of the year. but uh, I think they were supposed to play, was it Marshall Holt? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. No, that's right. I'm, I'm doing fact checks. Yeah, they were supposed to be Marshall. They got canceled um, due to the hurricane. I think it was Florence and then – um, now they're playing Akron on December first, Saturday. Yeah, it's kind of funny because Marshall is playing Virginia Tech next weekend. So South Carolina is actually getting a little bit easier opponent getting Akron than Marshall because Marshall is an eight and three MAC team. Yeah, well, no, Marshall's Conference USA actually. Oh, Conference USA. Well, I'm always used. I'm I'm used to calling them a MAC team. Yeah, they moved up a little bit to don't, don't shit on don't shit on Conference USA. Memphis used to be there back in the day. But moving up to Cusa, Cusa. Um, what was I going to say, though? Kuse. Kuse. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks, <laughs> Don't crack yourself out too much, Shabby. <laughs> I'm not broken yet. Okay, that's good. Uh, what I was going to say, though, they're going to be probably a 7-5 team uh, finish out the year. But this is one of those teams where I'm thinking a bowl game, and I don't know who they'll play, obviously, but I think they're going to be a pretty tough 7-5 team because they've, they've had a tough schedule with playing Georgia, Clemson, and um, Florida, too, I guess. I don't know. Who they played from the West this year, but they played Ole Miss and Texas A and M. Thank you. They lost to A and M and beat Ole Miss, a close one. But uh, yeah, I just I think they're I think they're gonna be a tough team to play in the uh, bowl game, whichever bowl game they play in. Yeah, I agree. And Jake Bentley has played so well to finish the season. It's good. I mean, he's re- he's really been on fire to finish the season, which you really like to see. I think they were also having trouble guard, uh, covering Debo Samuel's game. He had. 
200 yards, 10 receptions, three touchdowns, which goes along with why Jake Bentley had such a great game. But Debo Samuel looks like, like it just looks like he's very, very hard to cover for anybody, even Clemson's defense. So I think that was pretty cool to watch him perform to his expectations. We had high expectations for him and Jake Bentley and South Carolina this whole year. Um, they didn't win the game, but um, they are a pretty, pretty good team. Not a great team, but just, I guess, a decent good team. That's how I'm going to say it. Um, other games, SEC. Um, Iron Bowl. Okay, let's talk about the Iron Bowl for a second. Uh, very close first half. I think it was 14 to 17. Um, Auburn got that last um, sneaky touchdown, and it was the running back pass, I think. Um, threw everybody off. Uh, and then Alabama made some adjustments as per usual and just decided to win 52 to 21 after that. And so um, no surprises on how Alabama finished. Kind of exciting first half, though. Um, Tua had 324 yards, five touchdowns. Um, normal Tua, Tua numbers, 25 for 32. Um, so I think does this lock up his husband, uh, JB? Uh, I don't know if I would say it is a lock, but – uh, I don't know. Shit. I mean, I really don't know how if I would want to say if he is. Um, I mean, it's, it's really all about consistency for me, too. Hey, Jeb, you, you listen out there? That's a tough question. It is. I mean, it is a tough question. I, I'd rather you, you'd ask Holt this because I really don't want to give an answer for this. I, feel like- I mean, I, I think it's two is to lose. I, I just think yeah. that Why would, a, lot of yeah. people are, a lot of people just hate on the favorite, and a lot of people are trying to push Kyler Murray right now just because – you know, he's not yeah. too good. Like I, like I, I, yeah. I mean, I've been on Tua's ass all year. <laughs> like, well, not on his ass, but on his jock strap. You know, I've, I've, I have rooted for him all year, and I definitely think he's highly deserving. But Kyler Murray's deserving too. I mean, both of these guys have put up monster numbers. Oklahoma's offense has put up a little bit more, more yards and points per game, I think, than Alabama has. Or no, probably less points per game, but more yards per game. But it's. You know, you can go, you can go either way, but I think given that Tua is undefeated compared to Kyler having one loss, I think you have to give the edge to Tua. But we got a lot of people in the national media that are trying to push Kyler, probably because I mean, like I said, people are just tired of Alabama players winning the Heisman. Granted, we just had an Oklahoma player win the Heisman last year, so it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I, mean, I think people just want like something different to talk about. I just honestly because it's too, it's been Tua all year. It's been Tua since. You know, I mean, basically the Ole Miss game, I think. I mean, it's just – he's been running away with it, and it's just not even close. So, like, I just feel like people want to try to push someone else up there so they'll have something to to debate. But to me, there really is no debate. I mean, Murray has good numbers, but Tua does it against really good defenses, you know what I mean, in the SEC. And that is necessarily – I'm not trying to say he's better. I'm just saying, that like, he's definitely a lot more proven. Yeah, like, it's it's really a tough debate. I mean, I could I can see – Decide from Kyler Murray, but I mean, I guess now to answer it, I would, I'm just gonna have to go and say I'm gonna go with Tua. Yeah, I don't know why Tua would lose at this point, given that he is undefeated and um, he just he's been there all year too. Yeah, he's, but I mean, I'm looking at their numbers right now, so let me just run through the numbers with you. Um, also, which we're not gonna talk too much, um, but Dwayne Haskins did have a great game against Michigan. I don't, I think he'll get invited. Um, to the to watch Tua win the Heisman, but um, I, I don't think he's going to win it. But he had a great game, got him back. It's him, got himself back in the conversation, I guess. Against it, it just kills me because, like, this is what I hate about the Heisman so much is they care like way too much. Well, number one, it's all about quarterbacks, 
And then the name of the award has like nothing to do. It says nothing about quarterbacks, number one. But then uh, it just seems like they only care about guys on winning teams. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Will Greer and Gardner Minshew like kind of fall off because they both lost last week, even though it like wasn't really their fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of like one of those things where I feel like all five of those guys deserve to be in New York. They've all had incredible seasons, but, you know, I feel like some of them kind of get, some people get like, uh, unfairly criticized and blamed for their team not being great when it's not really their fault. I mean, to me, you know, it's an individual award. It should be, you know, given to the best individual, not someone on the best team. Let me let me run through the numbers real, real quick with y'all. Uh, Tua has 3,189 yards for a completion rate or percentage of 70.3, 36 touchdowns, two interceptions, Kyler Murray has 3,674 yards, 37 touchdowns, but seven interceptions. So, Kyler Murray has better numbers except for the interception. And then, of course, Kyler Murray has uh, 853 rushing yards, too. So, Kyler Murray's numbers might be slightly better. The only thing that's worse is that interception. But um, two has been way, way more efficient than Kyler Murray, even though they, have, they both have the high completion rate. But it just seems like two, uh, two is the best quarterback i think but um it'll be interesting I, I, you can't go wrong with you i definitely yeah rather have Kyler murray playing uh playing xbox or rather have rather play xbox for Kyler murray than Tua. but um either way they're good quarterbacks yeah and like i'm i'm really really rooting for this oklahoma alabama matchup in the first round i think just to see Kyler murray versus Tua. You know, both offenses against each other. I mean, this is the matchup I really want to see. I am going to be really kind of down if it's going to be Alabama versus Ohio State in the first round. Again, I know it's the saving Meyer factor, but I think more or more or less, uh, I'd rather see these two offenses duke it out. It'll be um, it'll be really telling how the playoff rankings come out between um, Ohio State and <clears throat> Oklahoma because even if Ohio State jumps Oklahoma, which they could with Michigan win. Um, they could jump, but uh, um, Ohio State would have to beat Northwestern, I think, and then Oklahoma would have to beat Texas, so that's a better one for Oklahoma. Yeah, so that's and it's easy. actually good for Oklahoma, too, because Oklahoma is only lost as a Texas, so yeah. beating Texas would be pretty much canceling out that loss because you get the revenge, and also it's hard to beat the same team twice, so I think you'd obviously have to favor Oklahoma to win this rematch, too. Yeah, it'll be um, – I, I think another thing will happen is both conference championship games – um, both teams will try to run up the score, assuming they, they get the win. I think they're both going to try to get some style points and make sure they um, leave no doubt in somebody's mind. So it'll be fun to watch. Oh, that ain't happening with Oklahoma because <laughs> they're going to Texas is still going to get plenty of points on them. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a shootout just like every other Oklahoma game. But I still think Oklahoma will win. Yeah, well we'll save we'll save the details for the preview show. Um, so the Iron Bowl, Alabama won. No no big surprises there. Um, Auburn has seven to five year. They uh, question. Uh, they, some reporter asked Gus Malzahn if he expects to be the coach next year, and he said, um, "Yeah, I think so." Or he, he basically uh, confirmed that he'll be the next coach, or he'll be the coach next year, um, leaving I guess leaving Dallas, um, leaving Dallas that he might go, and they would pay the huge buyout for him to be gone. But so um, it kind of sucks because. And where's the situation for Auburn? Um, Stenham could come back for his senior year if he wanted to be an old ass senior. But uh, he could come back because I don't know where his draft stock is right now. But it actually might be better if he did go to the draft so they could develop a uh, more dual threat quarterback, which is what uh, I guess Malzahn is better with coaching. Um, probably not going to be Kelly Bryant, but we'll see. It could be Kelly Bryant. Um, 
Another game. So we talked about Kyler Murray and Tua being the top two quarterbacks. Number three quarterback in terms of passer rating is, believe it or not, Jake Fromm. Um, he had a good game this weekend. Uh, as the whole year, he's had a good, great games. Um, but he went 13 for 16, 175 yards, four touchdowns um, against Georgia Tech, which they were expected to win. But Georgia Tech has a decent defense, I guess. I don't really know, to be honest with you. But um, I feel like their defense is a little bit better. At least they control the clock to where you can't score that much. Um, very impressive win by Georgia, even though Georgia Tech isn't as good. Um, it's going to set up a great matchup in the SEC Championship here. Um, did y'all watch this game at all? Because I think uh, it's an early game, and I think this is during the Ohio State-Michigan game. Yeah, we watched a little bit of it. It wasn't um, too exciting. Um, Georgia kind of jumped on them early, and Georgia Tech had a kick return for touchdown, which is pretty exciting. But other than that, they really weren't able to get the triple option going at all. And uh, once they got behind, you know, they're not really built to come from behind, obviously. And Georgia's offense is just – Absolutely rolling right now. I mean, Swift and Holyfield are just – those are two grown-ass men. And uh, they – like, Fromm is playing really efficient, playing really well, and, you know, the defense is starting to grow up. You know, you can see it every every week. It seems like they get better. And, you know, I think this SEC championship game has a chance to be a really good game. Yeah, and this is also going to be the new – the rivalry of the future as long as Nick Saban is – the coach at Alabama it seems like this is just they're just gonna run it run, run it every year Georgia Alabama national championship and a potential playoff matchup which would be kind of cool um but maybe a little annoying if Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship and then Alabama still is the fourth seed um and Georgia's like a two or three seed so they could play again at, in the playoff which would be kind of annoying but also kind of cool I think on yeah, it would be I I think regardless, Alabama, at this point, I think Alabama, regardless if they win or lose this – or if they lose this uh, SEC championship in an upset, they will still be in the playoffs. So, I think they're pretty much a lock in my in my opinion. I think Cole will probably tell you the same thing. Georgia obviously has to win this game to make the playoff. Yeah, I think Alabama will be in as long as they don't get, like, completely blown out, which I think it's pretty safe to say that they won't. So, yeah, now, we're talking about the playoff spots. We have, we have Notre Dame as a pretty much a lock at this point. Um, undefeated and they're not they're going to games up so they're they're in whether it be a three seed or a two seed or wherever we don't know for sure but um they're probably in clemson is probably in and then alabama is probably in and so now you're really talking about one spot left for either oklahoma georgia or ohio state is most likely what's going to happen i guess you could get a little chaos in there but i think that's probably what's going to happen um so we, well, I mean, if Georgia yeah, loses, they're out. Like, it would be between Oklahoma and Ohio State if they both win. Yeah, like, if... we, we can go with all kinds of scenarios. Like, I, the Alabama-Georgia game is going to be a huge factor with all these different scenarios. Alabama winning makes it easier for Oklahoma and Ohio State. A Georgia win makes things really complicated. It might leave someone like uh, Ohio State or Oklahoma out. Yeah. Actually, Alabama winning would probably or, – or Georgia winning would keep Oklahoma and Ohio State out, even if they do win, because I think Alabama gets in over Oklahoma and Ohio State, even if they do lose SEC championship. Yeah, I think so too, honestly. Like, I think a lot of Big Ten people would be pissed about that, but, I mean – And Big 12. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also true. But, I mean, Oklahoma's been in a few times, and they haven't done anything. Yeah, like – Last year against Georgia was a really good game, but they got blown out against Clemson. It was, and I do think Georgia's a better team at this moment than Ohio State and Oklahoma. 
but I just don't know if they're good enough to beat Alabama. But if they do beat Alabama, I want to see Alabama keep saying it, not just be, not just because it's like SEC bias here. But Georgia and Alabama are arguably probably the two best teams in the country, not named Clemson. Like I think it's right. really, I think it's really Alabama is the best team in the country. Then you can make an argument for Clemson or Georgia for the second best team. Probably getting the yeah. slight edge of Clemson because they're undefeated, but it's really close between those two. I think it's really those three teams are the best, and then it's kind of a drop off down to the fourth best. Yeah, I agree with that. And I just think that if since Alabama is so good on defense too and offense, you know what I mean? Like Ohio State and Oklahoma are both awesome on offense, but they both have had a lot of struggles defensively. So I think that may factor in as well. Well, just with some of the other teams, like for instance, I think Ohio State has the ability to be the third best team in the country, but you just you you don't know. Like last week last week was a very good Ohio State team, but you don't they haven't been playing that playing like that the entire season. So you can't really say that they're gonna be the third best team because that was just a anomaly. They haven't been playing like that the entire year. If they had, then then you could say maybe um they're the third best team. But even then they didn't dominate that game from the entire um, the entire the entire game they didn't dominate. Uh, Michigan was competing with them for two and a half quarters, I guess, until they got that blocked punt, um, and then it was pretty much over after that. Um, but we'll see what happens. Gonna be gonna be exciting finish. So it only gets better from here, honestly. The college football season. Um, let's talk about the good old Egg Bowl and that ass whooping hole. Was thirty five to three? Was that enough? points scored on Ole Miss, or did you want even more of a victory, like a bigger win than that? Oh, I definitely wanted more. They had a chance at the end of the game. They were driving down the field, and they even threw the ball a couple times and made it look like maybe they are going to try to score again, but they let the clock run out, and it was only 35-3. to 3. I thought it could have been worse, but, you know, I'll take it. Joe Moorhead showed a little bit of class, I guess. <laughs> did you get some respect for Joe Moorhead trying to, trying to fight somebody? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. He definitely – if he didn't know what the Egg Bowl was about uh, last Wednesday, he definitely does now. Um, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with him. Welcomed uh, into the rivalry. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, who was the guy who was trying to fight again? AD? He, he said the AD, but I don't think it was Ross Bjork. I think yeah. it was – The like big mouth assistant. fucking – the big, uh, big mouth fucking AD. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually him or not. I haven't really – seen I don't, I don't know if that's actually who it was or not but anyway yeah it was kind of an exciting game you have to give Ole Miss uh, a little bit of credit defensively I thought they they fell behind early and they really had a chance to just kind of give up and uh, but they kept playing hard they started slowing down the run game you know a little bit more in the second half and at least made it difficult on Mississippi State so you have to give them some credit for that there's a defense that struggled all year and uh, you know but they didn't lay down and, you know, at least tried to give their offense a chance. At, but, uh, at what point did you feel comfortable hold with this game? Um, First half? Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, when they got up, uh, when Ole Miss had to settle for that field goal, when it was 14 nothing, and Ole Miss was driving down the field and they got in the red zone and then they had to settle for a field goal, and then it was 14-3, I felt pretty good about it. Because I knew State was moving the ball and Ole Miss – you know, wasn't going to get as many chances in the red zone as they usually do because State Stevens is so good. And I knew that if they were able to hold him to field goals instead of touchdowns, they're going to be able to get the win. So, honestly, like, right around then is when I felt pretty good about them winning. Um, once uh, that touchdown got called back, 
on the last play <laughs> of, the, of the third quarter, you know, beginning <laughs> fourth quarter. Uh, once that play got called back, I, I knew it was going to be a blowout. Man, what a backbreaker for Ole Miss when that happened, too. That was Yeah, it was. Wow. It had to be fun, JB, as a neutral spectator at the game because you really didn't care what happened. But it's just like – it was kind of like when I was watching. It was like, man, they did all of this work over who was going to get ejected, who was going to stay on the field for a play that didn't even exist. Yeah, like that whole thing was just completely bizarre. And even uh, when that play was snapped, I was thinking to myself, you know, the clock is zero. Like, I actually thought the clock was zero when the, when the play was snapped, and I was wondering why the refs were actually letting this play be played. They should have blown their whistles, and they just completely missed that. I mean, I was just completely botched by the officials not to blow their whistle and let the play happen. And then, of course, you get the touchdown, and then you get the brawl. So a bunch of players end up getting ejected, and the whole both teams get penalized for a play that didn't even happen. And it's not even going to be scored. Yeah, and then you said – um, the Ole Miss fans were extremely pissed off at this. They were in the student section. You can see we're throwing uh, drinks and water bottles at the uh, Mississippi State players in the end zone when that brawl ensued. Classy, classy moves, classy. Yeah, it actually it was pretty funny because it all happened like kind of right in front of us. We were on that side of the field. On yeah, the we side had a good, we had a good view where uh, the touchdown was scored and the brawl kind of started. It was all like kind of right by us, so. It was pretty cool to see. Um, I was kind of confused on why certain players got thrown out and others didn't. It just seemed kind of like uh, arbitrary or something. I didn't really understand. Yeah, it, yeah, like, it didn't make sense. But anyway, it was it was a great game, and you know, obviously, I enjoyed it. Great being game, a Mississippi State fan. And, <laughs> great, uh, great game. You know, but, my ass. <laughs> yeah, you got to give uh, you got to give Mississippi State Stevens a lot of credit. They finished the season like number one in almost like every defensive category well, in the country. So. They, they held Ole Miss to three points and, uh, you know, they did a great job. And even after, like, three of their defensive players got ejected, they were still able to, you know, finish the game strong. I was going to indulge you a little bit, Holt, because this uh, Mississippi State team, we went – they're eight and four now. Uh, might play in the Citrus Bowl, another another bowl game. I don't know exactly what bowl. But kind of a disappointing year, if you think of it, as a body of work because they were probably expected to win at least nine games, if not 10 or 11 games. Um, definitely not lose to Florida or Kentucky. So those are probably the two biggest losses that they probably should have won, maybe even A&M too. Um, but um, not a great year in terms of their expectations. But one thing that didn't really waver the entire year was their defense. Their defense was consistent from week, week in, week out. And – um, one thing that I've, I've noticed, if you watch the Mississippi State games on TV, the coaches <laughs> will talk about how great the defense is. But nationally, I don't feel like everybody's giving Mississippi State the defense, Mississippi State's defense, the love they deserve. Just because they have four losses, people don't think of them as the. They probably are. I would say the best defensive. I mean, yeah, I guess statistically they are the best defensive team. Is what you were saying? But I mean, they're probably a, I would say consensus top three SEC defense, if not, and uh, probably the top ten national nationally ranked defense um so do you feel like they're um, not getting enough credit on the defensive side as good as they've been well i feel like people who watch them play know um i mean i think they're the best defense in the country you know i think the only teams that really had an argument before last week were clemson and michigan and both those defenses got absolutely torched you know and mississippi state you know, has had to play Alabama and, you know, like a few other really good offenses. And it's just, you know, Ole Miss is a really explosive offense. And, you know, they were able to hold both those teams at their lowest point total all year. And, 
you know, I think Ole Miss was averaging like almost 500 yards a game and Mississippi State held them to under 200. Alabama was averaging over 600 yards a game and they held them to like 330. So, I mean, you just look at stuff like that and like they just, when they play the best competition, they play, you know, to their highest level. And to me, that's what the best defenses do. And I think they are the best defense in the country. Florida, Florida State, JB. Nothing to really talk about here, right? 41-14 to 14 final score. Um, Florida State had a shitty year um, after a <laughs> after a shitty, shitty year. Shitty is an understatement. Shitty year after a shitty year from last year. So, five and seven. A, a game at home, but they – I mean, I think they could have won. Um, this is a, a must-win game for them to be bowl eligible. And they just gave it up. I mean, it was close through maybe half. You know, thirteen to seven and a half. So maybe you could say it's still close then. But um, Florida just ran away in the second half. Ended up scoring twenty-eight to seven in the second half. Um, they made Felipe Franks look good, which is kind of crazy. I think um, Felipe Franks looks good two weeks in a row now playing Idaho and Florida State. So good for him. <laughs> but um, Willis Haggard, I don't know if he's in trouble. I mean, I guess he kind of is. But... No, not yet. It's first season. If he has another losing season next year, or not much better, then yes, he will be in trouble. But He's going to get at least three years. I mean, you got to give a coach at least three seasons, unless next year they're just as bad or, or worse. I mean, you can't really do anything on offense when your offensive line is as bad as theirs. I mean, yeah, that offensive line like, is garbage. If you can't block, you can't do anything. You know what I mean? You can try to drop every play you want. You can have, you know, Walter Payton and I don't know. He's a great, like, he's a great quarterback. For a four you know, yeah, yeah, just set someone out there. You, know, um, you could have anybody you want. If you can't block, it's not going to do anything Christian, good. Would you rather have Christian Ponder or EJ Manuel? Ponder, Shit, man. Why, why would you pick those two guys? I know. Like, I mean, I guess I'd probably pick Ponder. I don't, man. I don't want either one. Well, you, well, what about what about what about Wyatt? You can say Wyatt Sexton. <laughs> you can say James yeah. Wilson, I guess. I, <laughs> I mean, we're going th- we're going throwbacks here. You can say Wyatt Sexton, Chris Ricks, Chris Winky. Yeah, or Chris Winky. That's really old. Chris Winky's at the on the Tennessee staff, right? He is crazy, crazy. He, I mean, I don't know if he'll be on there. Charlie Ward. Man, that's really old too. Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, AJ Manuel were the first two decent quarterbacks I thought about. Now that I'm thinking, you could say James Winston for college, I guess. Although I don't really like James Winston in college, even when he was with Florida State, because he threw a shit ton of interceptions. His second year, that after he won the Heisman. Yeah, the year they won the Heisman, that Florida State team. Blew out everybody in 2013, and their defense was also the best in the country that season too. I mean, it was number one in scoring defense, number one in and uh, yards allowed per game too. So Jeremy when you had that led defense, yeah, it was Jeremy Pruitt's defense. Yeah, that that defense was loaded with studs, and it was well coached and best defense in the country that year to complement Jameis Winston. So and they blew out everybody that year. Literally every game was a blowout for Florida State that season. Yeah. Um, speaking of Jeremy Pruitt, JB, uh, a lot of people are talking about him in Knoxville right now and outside. I don't know where everybody's Twitter location is. I just see on Twitter a lot that people don't like Jeremy Pruitt after this uh, blowout loss to Vanderbilt. Um, are you okay with Jeremy Pruitt? Like this performance, are you okay with? No, not really. But are you okay with Jeremy Pruitt for next year? I mean, obviously I'm not okay with this performance. Uh, it's pretty damn obvious the team quit uh, during this game. Uh, obviously they had just mailed it in. They didn't want to go to a bowl. 
I guess maybe it's just not motivating for them to uh, have two more weeks of bowl practice and not be with their families and go to a shitty bowl in Memphis and play in 40-degree temperatures. On they, would, Eve, so. um, they were maybe supposed to play in the Birmingham Bowl, but now Bear Bowl is supposed to play in the Birmingham Bowl against Memphis. It was looking like they were probably going to go to Liberty Bowl. Oh, really? And, yeah, I mean, I guess that doesn't excite them to go play in 40-degree temperatures and freeze their ass off on New Year's Eve instead of, you know, being, getting ready to go party. Uh, it's not motivating for them. And I think you're going to see a lot of uh, cleaning house in the offseason if Peru is able to do it because, obviously, he needs some of these guys. Because if he doesn't have them, I mean, he's not going to have a lot of depth. So he's kind of forced to keep a lot of them. But we'll see what he does. We'll see if he's going to cut bait with some of these guys. And also, I am reading that uh, Tyson Helton has emerged as the leading candidate for the head coaching position with Western Kentucky. So uh, that might be another issue for Jeremy Pro too, is he might have to uh, replace his offensive coordinator. But that's a that's a good thing, though, right? Because he doesn't like Ty Helton anyway. Yeah, Pruitt and Tyson Elton obviously have not really seen eye to eye this season. You can tell that there's not really a lot of chemistry between the two. So Tyson Elton's definitely going to be looking for ways to leave. Uh, if he doesn't get the Western Kentucky job, look for him possibly to look elsewhere. And one of the jobs I could see him going back to is going back to be the offensive coordinator for his brother, Clay Helton at USC, who is going to be staying at USC next season. That is breaking news. Um, they don't like him at USC either. And they, they also don't want Ty Helton coming back to USC, which is kind of funny altogether. Um, I've also heard on Twitter, JP, so uh, confirm this. Um, I've heard on Twitter that Jeremy Pruitt is not a fun guy to work for, as in most of his staff does not like working for him. Uh, I've seen most of the staff. I mean, everyone that works for him knows him well, and he's known forever. Uh, Tyson Helton's a guy he hasn't really doesn't have a lot of history with. So, I mean, I can see how that doesn't work out. But pretty much everyone on his staff, especially on defense, has worked with him in a capacity, you know, with him at – Alabama or at Florida State or at Georgia. So he has a lot of guys that he's worked with and have so worked they, under him. They have a bunch of Bush Jones pussies on the team. Is that what you're saying? I mean, it's a culture. It's the worst part about this Tennessee football team is a culture that's been created and a culture of players on this team that don't really care to win and don't really care to put in the work. And that's the kind and that and I think Pruitt really hurt himself this season, you know, with all these interviews he's done, like during games and after games calling out his players on the team and saying he can just find 22 other guys to, to play over them and just, you know, recruit over them. And, you know, a lot of those uh, millennial pussies on that team didn't like it when he was saying that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. that's just that's just the nature of it. And he's going to have to uh, weed out some of these guys on the team that don't want to be there. And it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's, it's definitely showing there's a culture problem in Knoxville. And it's going to take a few years for him to uh, weed out some of those individuals. If we if we go, which we're going to, I think our next week's podcast, we're gonna go back and look at the preseason predictions and compare them to what we have. If we go back and look at the preseason predictions. We predicted five and seven, so this is right on par with what we expect. I don't know if everybody else expected seven and five or six and six. I could I could reasonably see six and six and seven and five, I guess. But um, I also could see seven and five after they beat Kentucky. Yeah. Too. So I think that's what really hurt him is winning Kentucky. If they lost to Kentucky, and then you could maybe see, and they beat Vanderbilt to finish the year, then it would be kind of okay. But since they beat Kentucky, everybody's like, oh, well, they have the talent to be good teams, so they should be Vanderbilt and Missouri, but they lost to both teams, so it's not. Right. I mean, they did meet expectations. I mean, you know, when you just look at the record, they made five and seven, six and six is about what they were expected to do this year, and that's exactly what they hit. And they still ended up getting two, t- two top 25 wins against Auburn and Kentucky and two SEC wins, which they didn't get last year. So, I mean, that's a silver lining, I guess you can look at, but – I think a lot of fans are just really angry about how the team just mailed it in the last two weeks against Missouri and Vanderbilt and looked like they didn't even really care. So I think that's 
an issue that Jeremy Pruitt's going to have to address with this team because they a lot of them weren't motivated. I mean, you can test test that you know, that can be a testament to uh, Butch Jones, the kind of guys who recruited, or obviously a lot of these guys didn't buy in to uh, Jeremy Pruitt's message. That's always a... with... Go ahead. I was saying like. Just like a lot of players didn't buy into Jeremy Pruitt's message, uh, we could say the same thing about some of the players uh, at Arkansas didn't really buy into Chad Morris's message. It looked like he may have lost the team at the end of the season too. You'll um, you'll definitely be able to tell by the end of next year whether Jeremy Pruitt is yeah. You always see the mo- you you really know what you got out of a coach in year two. I mean, granted, every coach needs three years, but if you don't see drastic improvement from year one to year two, which is where you see the most improvement, uh, you, he's probably not going to be your guy. Kirby, Kirby Smart is actually the best example of that at Georgia. Year two is when they won the – not won the championship, but won the SEC and played the national championship against Alabama. I, mean, I don't think Tennessee is going to do that next year. But um, no. you can see, like, they were just a uh, mediocre, decent team in year one. And that was a big disappointment. And people were questioning, is Kirby Smart going to be good, including me and probably us all together? But uh, you can see the improvement in year two. So we'll see how yeah. good Kirby does in year two. We will. Um, on the other side of this game – Hold. Uh, Vanderbilt had a big win. Uh, they're six and six, and maybe gonna play in the Birmingham Bowl. So, uh, shout out to Derek Mason doing a good job. Uh, were you impressed with uh, Vanderbilt's ability to, you know, get motivated, get motivated by our uh, weekly power rankings and move on up? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know they had some good locker room material, and I'm sure that Derek Mason addressed uh, our power rankings with the team and uh, talked about. Uh, you know, trying to get ahead of Tennessee and Ole Miss, and they were able to do that in the last two games. And uh, Keyshawn Bond and Kyle Shermer, who both played at a really high level, I think that's been the difference uh, for them. You know, we talked in the, in the preseason, we talked about their veteran offensive line and how if they, you know, if Shermer and Vaughn were able to play well and they had some athletes emerge on the outside that they could do pretty well. And, you know, they've had, you know, Lipscomb and, uh, CJ Bulber, I think is how you, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, honestly. But a uh, oh, freshman receiver yeah. has played uh, really well. So, you know, you have to give them a lot of credit. Um, you know, I know Derek Mason is a defensive guy, but their offense is really, I think, what's been the difference for them in uh, these last couple weeks of the season. I'm just I'm just happy we'll see uh, Derek Mason at SEC Media Days for at least next year, maybe two years with this win. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I don't think Vanderbilt could really expect, you know, too, too much. Um, you know, I heard some rumors about his job a couple weeks ago, and I'm just thinking, like, you know, I, I just don't really understand, like, what what it is. I mean, we've talked about this a million times and beat to death, but until they make more of a financial commitment to football, then they can't really expect much more than this. I mean, to me, he's doing about as good a job as he possibly could. If they win in the bowl game, if I were him, I would definitely try to leave for a job where he can actually compete. Some a power five job where he can compete. I mean, he's not going to be getting calls from you know big schools um, and power power five schools. But I'm saying like he could he could definitely go to a good a big public school and a power five conference and compete better than he can at Vanderbilt. That would commit to him. Commit to right. And I think he could. I think he could recruit well if he didn't have you know. I mean, the restrictions that Vanderbilt has. You know, I think he could recruit better. You know, I think it it kind of just looks bad because James Franklin is like an elite recruiter and he was there before him. So maybe, you know, he's not as good as James Franklin, but I mean, James Franklin is about as good as it gets when it comes to recruiting. And, you know, I feel like if he was at a bigger school that he could, you know, recruit, that recruits itself a little bit better that, you know, he could do a much better job. 
I think they're number seven or eight in our power rankings. Uh, but Kentucky beat Louisville 56 to 10 in a heated rivalry, heated basketball rivalry, not necessarily a football rivalry. Um, but I mean, I guess uh, is rivalry nonetheless. <laughs> um, and a blowout win for Kentucky against Louisville. Uh, Hawaii is Kentucky so low on our power rankings with this big blowout win? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the Kentucky scored 35 points against Louisville in the first half. So, that, to me, that says a lot about how bad Louisville is. But, uh, I mean, honestly, like, uh, the number one and two teams in the SEC, I think, are pretty close. And then I think two through about nine. Or three through know, about nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, three through about nine. You could pretty much just, you know, shuffle them up and throw, up, you know, whatever you want. I mean, to me, I just think Missouri is the reason I put Missouri number three is because they, or I think they're the hottest team in the conference right now. Outside they are of Georgia and Alabama, and then you know, as far as Kentucky goes, I mean, I just I don't trust their offense at all. I mean, their defense is good. You know, I really like Josh Allen a lot. He's you know, all conference first round draft pick, you know, all that stuff is awesome. And they have a really good defense overall. But, you know, I just don't trust their offense at all. I don't trust Mark Stoops. I think they got uh, really lucky in a couple games. They probably should have lost, uh, especially the Missouri game. I mean, honestly, like, you know, I don't think there's like a huge gap between, just like I said, between like three and like eight or nine. But, you know, at the same time, it's just kind of like a personal preference for me. And just the way they played against Tennessee, just, I don't know. Like, that just really kind of made me think that that's a little bit closer to the team they really are yeah. than uh, some of their other wins. Yeah, and add on to you, Holt. Uh, I mean, just to, to reiterate, like, when we talk, it seems like we have not made really good friends with the Kentucky fan base. Like, we are not good at building bridges with the Blue Nation. Like, they just do not like us. So, I mean, yeah, if you don't like us, don't listen to us because we're not haters of Kentucky. We've never been haters of Kentucky whatsoever. So, I don't know what their beef is. Uh, I mean, I guess they feel disrespected, but let's be honest here. We've had them eighth for a reason. This is power rankings. This is how we think the team is currently. Kentucky, even though they did finish 9-3, and three, yes, their body of work is great for the season. They have not finished the season strong. Yes, they did blow out Louisville, but this Louisville team is absolutely horrible. I think even Tennessee could blow out Louisville. Vanderbilt, so it's not really like you look at look at this look at these teams that are ahead of them. I would pick right now if they played. I would pick Texas A&M to beat them. I would pick LSU to beat them. I would pick Mississippi State to beat them, and I, I probably pick, would pick I Florida to beat them. And obviously, I would pick Georgia and Alabama. So the seven teams ahead of them, I would pick to beat Kentucky if they played tomorrow. And I'm sure Holt would probably would agree with me on that. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you look at Kentucky's big wins, and a lot of them happened early in the season. And they it was did. a long time ago. They did. And, and a lot of these fans teams are not started to figure out their offense, and yeah. they're just not able to move the ball anymore. Yeah, and, and to tell you what power rankings are, this is not about <laughs> your body of work for the entire season. We're not a damn playoff committee. We're talking about how the, how the team is faring currently and where we think the team stands currently. This is why we call them power rankings. This is a week-by-week. Uh, rankings. This is week by week basis, and right now we think Kentucky's eighth best team in the conference. This is not, but if yeah, if we were doing regular season records, you know, over the course of the season, Kentucky would be top five. But that's not how we do it here at Slow Smokes. This is a week to week basis. Let it, let, it, 
Let it out, JB. Let it out, man. You might need to take a couple of breathers, man. Take a little sip of some some beer or some. Calm down, JB. Man, you're getting everybody's getting you heated over here. Um, yeah. So in in short, we don't like Kentucky, but you don't have to like us. I'm just yeah, kidding. I guess it's. I mean, I guess it sounds like we hate Kentucky. I don't hate Kentucky at all. I've, I've been high on them all year. You go back and listen to all of our previous podcasts from the previous six to eight weeks of this season. I have been high on their asses, talking great about them. But as of this moment. This week, week 14, the final season of the season, they are not as good as they were two months ago. My mom just had to come in and check on me from another room. <laughs> funny, 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 funny. Hey, live listeners, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. she, she wanted to, to join in, but I told her that that probably wasn't a great idea. Hey, but at least Kentucky's better than Arkansas. You can't take that away from them. Um, <laughs> this, uh, I, I wasn't as high on Missouri as y'all were to keep them at number three. I'd probably keep them at four or five. Uh, I like, I like Mississippi State better than them. Actually, whole, I don't, know, I don't know who's number three team. You, you just never feel comfortable giving anybody. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like LSU would probably be like the safest pick, but I don't know. I don't really trust their offense either. I mean, I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't really trust anyone's offense in SEC outside of the, you know, uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Missouri. I mean, to me, those are the three best offenses in the SEC. So Missouri finishes off the year winning four straight, so to get eight and four, so kind of like similar to last year. I think they won um, five or six in a row last year. Um, so they very similar year. They play in a decent bowl. I guess they would be competing for the same bowl as Mississippi State. Um, which is kind of a subjective call at that point. Which bowl game they want to be in? Uh, both eight and four. Uh, so we'll see. But Drew Lock had another good game, which is expected. Arkansas is not great. Um, we'll see if uh, Kelly will actually commit to Arkansas, get some get some momentum in Arkansas, and uh, maybe build up the year. So we'll see. Um, two and ten Arkansas. Maybe that's the worst you'll see him under Chad Morris. I don't think it can get much worse than that. Zero and eight in the SEC. Um, I mean, they do play in the West. It's hard. It's hard in the West, but. Um, almost maybe they can be the Ole Miss and um, we'll see we'll see how it's going to turn out but I really don't want to talk too much more about Missouri and Arkansas unless y'all do I don't think there's too much to talk about Missouri is better than Arkansas Arkansas gave up um, Missouri's a decent team yeah. um, with that that's all the SEC games but this is a big country here and we had some big games um, this weekend that were non-SEC games, but still nationally relevant and re- relevant to the SEC. Um, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan uh, game was very, very important. Um, going into it, Michigan was favored. I thought Michigan was going to win for the first time in forever. Um, Ohio State had other plans. Ohio State killed, uh, was it sixty-two to thirty-nine as the final score? Um, did y'all see? I think you did see Hole because I, I think I saw your tweet. Um, you see Cardell Jones. Kind of troll Michigan, them sucking basically, and then uh, telling Shea Patterson he should have said Ole Miss. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a kind of a crazy game. Um, it didn't go the way I expected at all. Ohio State hasn't been playing that well all year. Their offense has been great, but their defense has been really not good. And uh, but their defense really stepped up and. Um, you know, Michigan's supposed to have a great defense, but Ohio State just torched them uh, the whole game. And Dwayne Haskins had an outstanding game. Um, you know, Pass you, you start your breeze for the most touchdowns in Big Ten, I think, for a single season. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, Jim Harbaugh just, you know, just can't beat Ohio State. I mean, I don't know. I think 
I mean, my biggest criticism of him just from watching it is just the offense has no creativity whatsoever, and it's just very a very big tinny offense. And I even made this comment to JV like, uh, one coach Urban Meyer is is coaching like you know this is going to be like a high scoring game, and then Jim Harbaugh is coaching like this game is going to be like twelve to six. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's just he's punting on the other side of the field, and he's just not being aggressive and not going for it on fourth down and you know, he had a. He also went for two, two different times when he didn't need to. Um, it was just, I don't know. I just was not really a fan of the way Harbaugh called this game and the total lack of creativity on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I still like Jim Harbaugh as coach. Though I think I think there will be some time before he's gone to Michigan, whether that's retirement or. Fire, which I don't think he'll be fired because you can't really fire ten two. It's a pretty good year no matter what. Um, but they are fed up with losing to Ohio State and not being in the playoff or winning Big Ten. Um, but I, it's just tough. Um, I think Urban Myers flexed on everybody, including Jim Harbaugh, and this weekend, saying he's a he's one of the best coaches in the country. And don't don't try to don't try to think you're you're better than him. Basically, even even in a very you know, wild year for him and his whole uh, whole team with all the um, allegations coming out. So I just think um, Urban Meyer solidified him being one of the best coaches in the country. I guess number two to Saban or Dabo, however you want to call that. But uh, very, very good win. Impressive win against Ohio State. Now it puts the committee in a tough spot with the upcoming playoff rankings this week and then even more so next week uh, if they went out. Um, other games, probably to me the – most exciting game of the weekend was the West Virginia Texas game. Um, Texas won, not West Virginia Texas, excuse me, West Virginia Oklahoma. Got that all wrong. Um, West Virginia Oklahoma. Uh, a lot of offense. If you're if you're big on offense, I think it was very exciting. I think the most impressive play for me for that game was the Kyler Murray. Was, I think it was like a forty yard touchdown rush, where he just like pretty much outran everybody. It wasn't he yeah. too many special jukes or anything like that. I think he might have one juke, but he just outran everybody with the ball in his hand, palming it, um, which is kind of crazy because he might be better at baseball than football. Um, but I just think it was it was a fun game all around to watch. Right, JB? Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, and <clears throat> that's what we enjoy SEC football for is, you know, or not SEC football, sorry, but college football in general. I would call it SEC slow smoke. I just want to say that. But, yeah, I mean, it's what we expect in college football. I mean, that's why college football is the greatest sport. And I will argue with anybody that tells me otherwise that it doesn't have the greatest games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> agree. Hard, hard agree. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do like basketball more than football. Um, I know it sounds like a story, but I do like basketball slightly more. Hope will like- agree with me. Yeah, I agree with you, JB. And this, I mean, this was a awesome game. I mean, it really was. Um, it was just, uh, it was just a shame that you know someone was trying to watch college basketball while this game was going on. <laughs> yeah, it is funny that you say that, JB, because you were definitely. I know it is, but this college basketball game is also like a number two versus number five matchup. Obviously, it's not has nothing to do with what we're talking about this week. But you know, I, I enjoy all sports. I do, but when it comes to like exciting events. College football games, like when it comes down to the wire, there's really nothing that competes with it. Huh. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was a great game, and I really enjoyed it. Um, this game and the Apple Cup were both going on at the same time, obviously, and you know, Disapp- flipping back and forth. And- D- disappointed in the Apple Cup, though, with not yeah. necessarily how Washington State played, but really just how the weather 
offense-wise. The, the snow kind of neutralized Washington State's offense, I would I would say, hope. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, you look at the stats, and, I mean, Jake Browning had a pretty good game for Washington throwing the ball. So, I mean, it's just – you know, I mean, yeah, you can blame the weather, but at the same time, you know, both teams have to play in it. And one team dealt with the – you know, dealt with the conditions, another one didn't. And sometimes it's just part of the game. I really feel for uh, Washington State fans, you know, it's just like a – bridge they, they can't get over, I guess you could say. I mean, similar to uh, Michigan fans with Ohio State. I mean, it's just, you kind of feel for them and, you know, it definitely sucks. And, uh, you know, I was definitely pulling for my boy uh, Gardner Minshew to have a big game, but it was just kind of ugly. He had a couple of bad interceptions that really cost him and it was just a, it was just a tough game. Fun to watch, but kind of sad at the same time because it would have been awesome to see Washington State maybe get in the playoff. Kind of crazy how long the season is because if you, if you think about the very beginning of the year when Auburn played Washington in Atlanta, um, that was a top five matchup, I think, top ten matchup. Um, both teams were really good at the time, and Auburn won a very, I guess, defensive-minded game. But um, if you play the game now, I think Washington, Washington definitely would be favored. Uh, I think they would win, but not completely sure. But um, – this is crazy going from there to where everybody is now. Auburn's a lot worse. Washington is a little bit worse. I think they had a couple games that should have, they should have won, but I still think they're a pretty good team overall. They're very well coached. Is what I like the most about them. You don't. Yeah, they're physical too. That's what I like about them. They play really physical, especially for a Pac-12 team. Right, and you can tell that that's kind of their advantage over a lot of Pac-12 teams is they're more physical than a lot of them, and they just play. They play really hard. I mean. You could say the same about Stanford and Utah, too. Those are both two really physical teams as well. But, you know, I, I definitely really enjoy watching Washington State and – or watching Washington. And Chris Pearson is, you know, one of the really more underrated coaches, I think, in college football. For sure, for sure. Kind of wraps up all the games that we have talked about or are going to talk about, I guess. All SEC and big uh, – non-conference ranked games this weekend kind of sets up a great weekend um for conference championship you have alabama georgia which could pretty much be the national championship the two teams that play in the SEC championship texas oklahoma will be fun to watch uh round two there ohio state northwestern won't be really fun i don't think but it'll be interesting to see if ohio state can um win by 50 and put on some more um i guess style points I'm trying to say, and then uh, Pac-12. I guess there's no real winner out of that to go in the playoff, but no. and then I guess you have Notre Dame and Clemson. Clemson will be in if they win. So really, three. I guess three big um, non or three big Power Five conference games that have playoff implications. Um, also, would like to give a shout out to my Memphis team that did beat Houston and qualify for the American Athletic conference championship game to play against Central Florida. So I think everybody except for the people in Orlando will be a Memphis fan on Saturday because I'm pretty sure Central Florida is the most hated college football team at the moment. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say that we were at the game, the Memphis-Houston game, and we were right behind the Houston bench, and I did not see uh, Ed Oliver wearing a jacket. So just so everybody knows. The first one to come up with that joke, but then everybody else. Yeah. I, I Literally, as soon as we got to our seats, I yelled at him, asking him where his jacket was at. And then uh, the, the about five other guys around me started yelling that at him, like, over the course of the rest of the game. So, just kind of a trendsetter, I guess you could say. <laughs> 
doing doing big things, doing big things as per usual. Um, okay, well, that kind of closes out the podcast here. Um, I don't think we're going to do rapid-fire questions this time because it uh, sounds like nobody prepared for them, but we shall have rapid-fire questions next podcast, which is kind of a fun little uh, skit part segment of our uh, podcast I'm excited about. Skit. Saturday Night Live. Uh, oh, skit, skit, skit. Skit. <laughs> skit, skit. Um, but we will look forward to previewing the conference championships in a few days and um, probably have an end-of-season recap comparing our expectations at the preseason or the beginning of the season compared to where everybody landed. So it's going to be exciting, and you should listen and make sure you follow us on Twitter and slow, uh, podcasts, uh, iTunes podcasts, and everything else on all the other podcast outlets. Make sure you follow us as, at SEC Slow Smoke. Until then, we will talk to you all later. Thank <laughs> you.